When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Hello, I'm Scott Soshman. And I'm Evan Novi williams and this is the Drivers to Your Cars sports business podcast, The Sportacast. All right, now I know you're going to tell me you did this yourself, but my sources tell me, Mr. Novi williams that Cor Veltman, known motorsport enthusiast, had a little something to say about that introduction that you just gave us. She did. I, I will admit it, Scott. I uh, I was going to say, gentlemen, start your engines. And I had the uh, had the right thought that maybe that was not something they say in F1. So I asked Cora, and she uh, confirmed that that is an Indy 500 thing and an Indy 500 thing only. Uh, so she gave me the proper F1 terminology, Scott, because we'll be talking about F1 in a second. She gave me the proper term uh, for how races start in the F1 circuit. All right, so I'm glad you knew. You knew what you didn't know. Exactly. Smart man always does. And a lot of people don't know what they don't know, which is problematic. So I'm glad you went to Coram. She, uh, I loved our little tour of the Brickyard with her. I almost hit the Brick House. Like, I almost got stuck in, in, in the song. I loved her tour with the Brickyard. She was pointing. And, she, and by the way, you know, you did get the sense that she loved showing first-timers around, right? Like she, yeah. She I mean, was in her glory. 100%. All right, so you're telling me we were going to talk about F1. Let's see, what do I think you're going to talk about? Can it possibly be that uh, Red Bird and a certain guy who's really good with content, who bought a low-end division soccer team, uh, they're joining forces to buy a 24% stake in an F1 team in a sign of, not only where the sport has gone, but where sport in general is going. I will let you take it with that tee up. Which part of all that do you want to examine? And I will follow your lead. And we'll start with the news here. As you kind of alluded there, Ryan Reynolds, uh, what he did with Wrexham, obviously very well. Uh, I think a lot of sports fans are, are, are very familiar with that. McElhenney. <laughs> and Rob McElhenney as well, your favorite. Uh, <laughs> teaming up with Redbird Capital, a, a private equity group that we talk about a lot. Uh, and Otro Capital, a, a, another private equity fun, firm that, that kind of spun off of, of Redbird. The three of them getting together, buying 24% of the F1 team Alpine, uh, values the uh, the F1 team at $900 million, Scott, and we can get into everything that goes into that valuation because this team in 2015 was purchased by Renault for a single pound, about a dollar and a half for those who don't do the conversion, um, really does show, at least in my mind, one of the top line things here is just how different the economics are for F1 teams now. Um, and I think really three things, the biggest thing being cost cap measures, 
the F1 has done over the past two years, uh, really put in place uh, some measures to make sure that everyone has to spend the same amount of money. Um, and it has changed the cash flow paradigm for, for a lot of these teams. Obviously, international expansion, the, the, the circuit is in places in the Middle East and Asia that it was never racing 10 years ago. The U.S. obviously fits into that into that bucket as well. And then third, uh, the media strategy. I, I think F1 has done a really good job relative to other leagues at capitalizing on new media opportunities, Drive to Survive, the Netflix series, fits into that bucket as well. Uh, just a lot of commercial growth and a shift in structure in F1 that has suddenly made these teams money-making ventures when they really were not a decade or two decades ago. Uh, I think you took a lot of it there. Boy, you didn't really leave me a lot to, to go on there. But I didn't. I mean, I was really happy when we were initially discussing this as the story was breaking that you went and found that the team had sold for like a buck and a half. I mean, that's your size and scope. Yep. That's your context of where the sport is. The key is how did it get there and where is it going? And we talk about this a million times. They could have taken money. I mean, again, 24% of the valuation of 900. So we're about 200 plus million dollars, right? There are plenty of investors who would have liked to have gotten into an F1 team for that kind of money. And there are plenty that could have done it. Now, we have talked about when you're bringing on LP these days, it is not just, it's always about the money, I get it, but it is not just about the money. It is what else, what expertise, what synergies, what do you bring to this ownership group that we do not have? How do you bolster our capabilities here? And the Redbird folks, this is going to be an operational play. Uh, Alex Shiner is going to be on the board. Uh, he was with you know Cleveland in the NFL, the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I, I always now I think I need to start writing this down. All the things that Jerry Cardinale is involved with. Of course, he he co-owns the XFL. He bought a a cricket an Indian cricket team. He has Toulouse in French, the soccer team. He of course is the owner of AC Milan in soccer. He is involved uh, with media ventures as well, hospitality in conjunction with the NFL. <laughs> so it's an operational expertise because you and I have talked to plenty of owners, uh, especially those American owners who have looked at European properties and in particular soccer because that's been such a big thing, where they look at sort of the revenue drivers from the stadium, from marketing that it's just not where the U.S. is. So you bring in an, an operational expertise of how to generate revenue in different ways, sort of what the American sporting landscape looks like. You're trying to export that. So that's one. And then you're looking at our friend uh, Ryan Reynolds and Mr. McElhenney. And wow. I mean, this is where I think I, I'm still going to be surprised if Michael Ann Lauer, who bought the Ottawa Senators, and Ryan was in early, and for whatever reason, he did not you know, go all the way and make a bid. Uh, I would be shocked if Michael Anlauer doesn't or has not already picked up the phone and said, Hey, Ryan, I would love to have you in the ownership group at a, what, what do we say, LP discounts? Usually, what, 20 to 20%, 20 to 30%, sure. right? Yeah. How about 40 to 50%, <laughs> right? The Reynolds uh, I don't, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't gush. There are very, very precious few people I gush about, right, Evan? You know this. I don't gush. I marvel and I gush about Michael Lewis, the writer, mm. 
both in the amount of copy and the quality and the ideation and the execution. And I just don't, I think he cloned himself like somewhere in the, in, in the back of his, his house. And he, he writes in sort of a little private house in the back of his house down the path. I think he cloned himself. He's got a lab back there. I don't know how he does as much as he does. Normally, if you're that busy, the quality suffers, right? You're going to do so much that the quality will suffer. He's unbelievable. Well, I think the same thing about Ryan Reynolds. The guy has an eye and an ear for everything becoming a content opportunity. And his ability to bring that sizzle, that star power, that global focus, that that promotion, whether it's social or whatever... Uh, you got to be crazy not to want this guy as part of your group. And you can bet. I don't care that they don't have Max Verstappen driving for them. I don't care. What are they, fifth currently, right? I've been currently yeah. fifth. Mm-hmm. Okay, running fifth. When it comes to notoriety and interest, I will say they will be top two uh, within six months. I can't wait to see the first thing Ryan decides to do. And now you've got this global flywheel uh, of of Redbird Capital properties and, and celebrity and content and, and one fuels the other. You can start to see it coming together. And then whether it's The Rock with the XFL, what are you going to do? If, let's just say you're sitting around the table. You're Alec, uh, Alec Shiner. You're Jerry. Hey, Dwayne. Uh, I, I want you to meet this guy over here. You know that Wrexham soccer team that you know that you've heard so much about? Yeah, I want to see what can we do together? What can we sit and come up with together? How do we cross-promote the XFL with Wrexham, with Alpine? What are we going to do? Man, I would love to sit in on those. I mean, does he whiteboard it like you? Does it, does he, does it come to him in the shower and then he makes, you know, there's a, there's a Slack channel? I don't know. But man, I would love to see the ideation of what is about to happen. I'm really interested to see what exactly that looks like. It's clear, obviously, that Ryan and Rob and his group, they have a content and social media savvy that you just don't see in sports, right? The You're still singing the Rob McElhenney birthday song, right? That is just something that was created out of that group of people uh, that really has resonance beyond Wrexham. Um, I think it's a little different when it's when it's an F1, a French F1 team relative to a fifth division uh, Welsh soccer team. Right. There's a there's a lovable loser aspect that Ryan and Rob have played into very well. If you watched any of the Disney series, uh, the the, the Wrexham version of Drive to Survive, I think it's in there, too. Um, That will be part of the Wrexham storyline for a really long time. I'm not sure if Alpine is going to have that same. It's going to have to be a different tone. Right. So I'm really interested to see what Ryan does there. And then you rattled off a lot of the, the Redbird, uh, a, a lot of their assets, but Skydance, Spring Hill, two very big production companies. Skydance is, is David Ellison and, and, and Spring Hill is LeBron James. Um, marrying, I think, the, 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 the Ryan and Rob kind of content engine with the, with the really big production and distribution aspects of Redbird's, uh, Redbird's portfolio, I think is, is really interesting. And, and you and I, Scott, talk a lot about the, the changing nature of sports ownership and sports investments. Uh, this feels like another one of those deals that is very much in the wheelhouse of people who are thinking about sports, not just as the score on the field, the, the live broadcast of the race, but also all of the other ancillary, in this case, content opportunities that are available if you put the right people and empower them in the right way to, to, to really market these teams. 
See, I disagree with one thing there. The, the fact that, you know, it's a different play. I know it's a fourth division team now. Um, I mean, what do I know about Alpine? What do I, I don't know anything. Yeah. Right? I, I know Verstappen. I know Red Bull. I know Ferrari. I know, that's what I know. And we're talking about, like, the hardcore F1. That's not who this is for. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe they'll get roped in. That's fine. But those allegiances, those, the, that, that battle of mind is already done. That, you know, the, share, the mind share is already taken up. This is about how do you expand the revenue opportunities. And that, to me, is a large part is how do I get all those brains that don't know this brand, don't know anything about it, have never heard of it, never touched it. Um, in a conversation with, with the folks in the group, I made a joke about Lacar, right? Because uh, let's not, Alpine is owned by Renault. Yep. I mean, I know the Renault brand, but man, I want to say, I, right now, do you remember the, uh, the, what, the, uh, the Cannibal Run movies? Uh, Did you know those? I know what they are. I, I probably saw one at some point, right. but not familiar. Yeah. Or maybe it's Police Academy. I don't know. Where Bubba Smith is sitting in the back seat, but he's driving because he's so big, right? <laughs> what I want to now, I want I want to see LeBron and, and The Rock in a Lacar. You know, heads sticking out of the top. What What do we do? Like that's what I want to see. That will That will. How many? All right. If they did something like that, right? So you, you've got you've got Ryan Reynolds. And his maximum effort team and Rob and and content and they've got I'm just like putting the pieces together. I've got The Rock, I've got LeBron James, and I've got Renault and they've got Lacar. Where if you don't know Lacar, it's like the size of like a bullpen car, <laughs> uh, maybe even smaller. I don't even know what they're going to do. I, I mean, I leave this to to them because they're really really good at it. As as we've said, how many millions of views? In the cross-promotional flywheel, does whatever that group put out get? A lot. All, all of the views, whatever you want to call it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's the, they, they stopped they stop the, 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 the Twitter for a while, right? Elon Musk himself says, hey, have you seen this? Right. That's my point. That's how they win. It doesn't ha- they don't need to win the race. They don't need to win the race. Wrexham doesn't need to be the, the champions of the EPL. That is not what needs to happen. They need, you need to figure out a way to cut through the clutter, to cut through the noise, to get mind share. And this group can do it. I mean, I, I'm going to pay attention now to see what they come up with. That's for sure. Do you know who Alpine's lead driver is? I have no idea. His name is Pierre Gasly. Which is uh, a great, great name see. for a race car driver. <laughs> yeah, Gasly. He should he should be <laughs> the happiest person right now because what, I mean, somehow, some way, I'm going to be feel like Pierre Gasly. He, I mean, this is like a great name, like you just said. That matters. Somehow, some way, we got to feature this guy. We have to introduce. This would be if I'm all right, Ryan Reynolds and Rob are sitting at the table right now with the whiteboard, and they're trying to figure out how do we introduce Pierre Gasly. To the world, Max Verstappen, and by the way, I didn't know him not long ago. Yeah, pre pre drive to survive probably couldn't have come up with him that quickly, but he made it. But his way of getting notoriety is winning, right? All right, so he wins race. Um, that that that's fine. I don't think that's going to happen with Mister Gasly right away, and that's okay. How do we make him? And I don't know anything about him, but how do we make him the next star driver? Uh, how do we make him Sir Lewis Hamilton? How do we make that happen? 
his name without winning the races it sounds to me like a cars character right like we need a french race car driver name yeah lightning mcqueer we need a gasly yeah pierre gasly the the, the grill has a mustache right he's got a raleigh fingers (laughs) mustache yeah this is what i'm talking this is our whiteboard i don't know what we're doing here but we are definitely writing in pierre gasly into a major role of being the face and the name of this team for sure and you put him in a lacar with my guy LeBron James <laughs> and The Rock. That's what we're talking about here. Uh, the money is like inconsequential. Really, that's uh, we can get there. We want to talk about a little sports business. Okay, let's do it. They got there because, like the NFL, they, the owners have cost certainty. That's why these teams are worth so much money. Yeah, there's no relegation. They have cost certainty. I know what. And you wrote about that in the piece. You you really stressed the fact that this is what happened to make these teams so valuable. And, and we talk a lot about one of the things driving U.S. team valuations is scarcity, right? There's only 32 NFL yeah. teams, and maybe there'll be two more at some it's point, but there's not going to be that many. There's only 10 F1 teams, right? There, there is even more scarcity uh, in, in this league than there is in any other major U.S. league, and, and F1 has, has discussed adding one or two teams, I think two teams at some point, and maybe that will happen, but... Uh, a very different kind of version of scarcity that we see in racing relative to, to even the smaller of the, of the major U.S. leagues. You're impressed if I say, I, I think the Andretti's will be one of those teams? Yeah, you're impressed by that? Very possible. That, I think that, that gets you. Like likely. Scott's really been following what's going on here in the <laughs> F1 world? And very didn't, good. Didn't uh, Piff, wasn't Piff uh, sniffing around F1? Maybe, you know, what, what were the headlines? $20 billion offer? Uh don't think that number is going to go down in the next few years, do you? That was to buy the whole circuit, twenty billion to buy the shebang. Yeah, yeah much I like mean, Bain Capital wanted to buy the NHL. Yeah, at this at this point, yeah. If if that number was a year ago, I imagine that the price is is, is quite a bit uh, is quite a bit higher now for sure. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, let's talk about other investment. We'll switch gears. Uh, the Qatar Sovereign Wealth Fund buying into Monumental Sports and Entertainment. For those of you unfamiliar with Monumental. That is the parent company run by Mr. Ted Leonsis. Uh, the uh, portfolio includes the Washington Wizards, the Washington Capitals, um, the Arena in Washington, the Mystics, right? What, what am I leaving out? Uh, the um, Team Liquid you said, you said, Esports. Yeah, Team Liquid Esports. There's the, the Digital Monumental Sports Network, which is being merged with NBC Sports Washington. I believe there's another right, smaller venue. The Go-Go's, there's some minor league teams, but, but you hit the big ones for sure. The significant part here, it's the first time that a sovereign wealth fund has invested in a major U.S. sports league, uh, team sports league. We knew it was coming. Obviously, the NBA changed the rules to allow it. And here we are. What are the what are the implications? What were your takeaways on the deal? I mean, first of many, I think you and I would both agree that this is uh, this is the first, but 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 very much not going to be the last direct investment from 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 sovereign wealth into uh, major leagues, and obviously NHL involved here too. And I would expect baseball and major league soccer to happen at some point relatively soon as well. The the thing that I've been kind of grappling with, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this as well, Scott, is is how big a milestone this actually is, right? We have talked a lot. It's very well documented. The, the private equity funds that have invested in, in, in every league except the NFL at this point 
all of those, almost all of probably maybe all of those private equity funds, Scott, are have have done deals, are getting money from sovereign wealth funds uh, as well. So there's there, there's one layer of abstraction there, but. I think you can make an argument that sovereign wealth funds are already kind of part of the economy of sports team ownership here in the U.S., let alone investments that that, that sovereign wealth funds have made into sports adjacent companies like CAA and and and, and Fanatics. And we know the, the Norwegian sovereign wealth fund because they have to publish it all. They're an owner of major league uh, MSG sports, you know, in, in the equity markets, they, they, they are owning, there are so many different ways related, which is Stephen Ross's real estate company. They have uh, backing from, from sovereign wealth funds. There's so many different ways in which sovereign wealth money is already swimming around in the pool of, uh, of us team sports. And this is obviously the most direct way, but it's, I, I've been kind of struggling with whether this is a huge milestone moment or if this is just more of kind Kind of the same thing in a different lens. Okay, uh, I'm leaning towards and well, you were no, you were not next to me. You were you were traveling. You were too busy in Cannes. But I'm not gonna lie. Uh, when we hit the button, because we broke this story, when we hit the button, I I did take a step back and I think I said something. Moment in history, folks, and we and boom, off it went. I think it matters, and I think it matters for. Multiple reasons. Anytime something's first, by the way, I think it matters. Uh, it's the door opening to a control stakes. Right now, it's passive, but the money's got to come from somewhere. You know, as as the assets appreciate, the money has to come from somewhere. Those who have the money will be more powerful. Uh, this is not PIF and the PGA. This is passive. Like, let's make that clear. But I also think it changes the game in terms of. Those companies, the, the private equity firms that were buying in their passive stakes, were taking out the middleman. Does it now alter the landscape for what it means for that business? If I can go direct to seller, do I need now that middleman? So does it? And, and by the way, we were talking about private equity in sports as a major thing to follow in the next year too. Well, now this maybe I don't know. I'm not smart enough. Does this totally up on that game? Does that totally change the dynamic of those funds? I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe not. So I think it was a real, a real moment that uh, that the sports world did stand up and take notice um, because the, there's just so many things. The dominoes are falling. We got it's one, but as you say, there's so many more to come. What? And I mean, I look at Ted Leonsis also. He did this deal. the The valuation on Monumental was four point oh five billion dollars. Now, if you look at just what we've had, Kurt Badenhausen had a valuation of Wizards and Capitals, you're, I think you're kind of there already, right? And I think we've seen the scarcity is driving those much higher. Yep. So this, this, to me, shows that Ted is playing a very long game here, that he was not looking to extract every penny out of his partner on this one. Because if they look down the line, there's more to come. And Ted was a, a, a bidder on the Nationals. So who knows if that's next? Who knows where Ted may go after this on the expanding? He's, he's one of those nouveau uh, platform companies that we speak of all the time. We're multiple teams at the centerpiece. So uh, not only Ted adding more, but other owners in many other sports with NFL owners keeping a very close eye on what happens. 
one other way, one other kind of distinction where I also think that this very much matters uh, along the lines of how this is the most direct way we've seen so far for sovereign wealth to, to get in with, with, with major U.S. teams. Um, th- there is, and this is obviously a lot of our listeners are going to be well aware of this, that there is this idea that a lot of foreign nations, wealthy foreign nations, use money, investments in sports or art or entertainment or whatnot as a way of kind of laundering their public image. It's especially prevalent with uh, countries like Saudi Arabia and Qatar that have human rights concerns. Um, and I think if, if, if you... If you subscribe to the theory that 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 deals like this are sports washing of some sort, or that there's some ulterior motive beyond the investment that the sovereign wealth funds have, I think the direct the, the direct proximity here between QIA, the sovereign wealth fund, and MSE, Monumental Sports and Entertainment, really does matter. That the abstraction between QIA investing in private equity fund Y and private equity fund Y then investing in a team does not obviously achieve uh, those goals if those goals are the uh, are the ultimate uh, objective doesn't achieve it in that way nobody knows it's QIA exactly it doesn't achieve it unless you have the announcement and everyone's talking about it with the QIA logo next to the MSE logo so I do think that that uh, I do think that that matters one other thing that that I've been kind of jumping around in my mind and we we don't know the actual answer but but I have some guesses Uh, it doesn't seem like a coincidence to me that this first deal happened in DC the, the the nexus of uh, of American uh, political judicial power, uh, senators, presidents, uh, Congress people go to Washington sporting events all the time. I can certainly see a world, and QIA already has a, a business presence in D.C. Uh, with a big development right next to uh, to Capital One Arena. Uh, but I could imagine why, uh, if I was a a foreign government investing in uh, in an asset that is in the nation's capital of the United States, also maybe has some other benefits beyond just the the investment in the teams i i believe and this is just guesswork my my belief would be that the sovereigns and uh and this goes back to josh harris's former life of course at apollo so he's no stranger to the sovereign wealth funds uh they're knocking at josh's door as soon to be (laughs) owner of the washington commanders go through if you're talking about the seats of power go through the luxury suites of that stadium hmm. and the yet-to-be-built stadium that will get done 100%. in D.C. And the, again, the $6 billion price tag and the fact that Jeff Bezos sat it out and maybe he wants you know, Seattle, I, I, I get it. But we're going to look at this transaction as the one where even Josh and Mitch Rails, multi-billionaires all, had to get creative to make the deal happen that the NFL will, in my estimation, wind up altering its rules. And that's the beauty of the club, by the way. They can change the rules whenever they want. You know, that, that's fine. Uh, but this might be the one that prompts after Bezos, if Seattle is next, if for you know, no unforeseen reason something happens that a team comes on the market uh, after Bezos buys Seattle, um, I think you're going to look at a, a situation where they're going to have to alter the rules. And whether it's just private equity, okay, is it sovereign? I don't know. Is it university endowments? I'm still waiting for Harvard to buy into Fenway Sports. That makes a ton of sense to yeah. me. I can't wait for that to happen. We better break that story because we've been hyping it for a while now. Sam Kennedy, let me know. Um, so I, I, I think other owners are, especially D.C., yes. I, I'm not, for two reasons. One, D.C., I think you're right. It is sort of that power hub. But two, because it's Ted. And uh, Ted is often out front on these things. Ted is thinking... You know, down the road, and I am not surprised if this was—I'm not going to insult any owner—but if this was just any old owner, 
and they happen to own the team in D.C., does it happen? I, I, I would not say for sure it does, no. But because it's Ted, I'm not surprised at all. Last one for you on on that idea of of Ted and and, and potential other assets, uh, a, a whole bunch more money now suddenly for for Monumental to use if it wants to get aggressive acquisition wise. Ted was I'm not going to say close, but was one of the people talking, talking about baseball. the Nationals uh, before the Lerner family decided to at least pause the sale process uh, earlier this they're year. Great friends, yes, they're, they're great friends. Absolutely. Does, does that, this even make more it more reason likely? now to add another thing? Yes, this this gives them access to more capital for sure. Does it mean you just throw it around willy-nilly? No. Um, if there's no other bidders, why do you bid against yourself? I get it, but it does enable him to have access to a large pool of capital to cement another deal. Yeah, and I wonder... the. It, it seems like Ted really cares about the, the DC-ness of his empire. We've seen other groups like Josh Harris, for example, you know, buying assets in places that are not the, the main hub of the other sports teams that he or she owns. Ted seems to be kind of married in DC, at least right now, but the, the Orioles play 35, 40 miles away. Uh, there's a chance that that team could hit the market at some point soon. Not saying that that would definitely be something that he would be interested in, but I certainly feel as though one, that there's more money immediately for MS for, for monumental to use Two, again, if, if he wants to make a run at the nationals, he could bring QIA along for that as well. Right. This is a, this is a potential other source of money for another investment beyond just what he has here. Uh, that, that, that could be lucrative in the future. He is Evan Novi Williams on the Twitter at Novi underscore Williams. I am Scott Soshnick on the Twitter at Soshnick. Producers, Keith Zanardi, thank you very much. Keith, we appreciate it. Our digital media editor is Cora Veltman. She not only gives Evan his beginnings, but she loves it when I remind you that the show can be found at Sportacast, which is the hub of the Sportico Media Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.